Welcome to today's episode of CLCI Live, brought to you by the award-winning and ICF-accredited school, Certified Life Coach Institute. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's episode. We are live! Hopefully. <laughs> we, were, we, we, we were having some technical difficulties. Hopefully we are no longer. Uh, yeah, no, I see us. We are in fact live this time. <laughs> um, so we were up just a few minutes ago, but we weren't. Uh, so hi, this is Certified Life Coach Institute. Um, I am Brooke and today we are going to be talking about empathy and apathy. Our theme this month in, uh, well, we kind of have two themes because we also have a challenge we're going to start tomorrow, but we'll talk about that later. Um, our theme this month is uh, duality, so polarity, two ends of the spectrum. Today we're going to talk about empathy and apathy. I'm going to turn it over to Jerome, but before I do, I want to say Make sure you guys, please comment, share, like, comment, interact. Last week we had a coach ask us an amazing question and it was a joy to answer it. And it led us down a really awesome path of um, an, a great conversation. So please, we really want to hear from you guys. Um, and we really want you guys to ask questions. Feel free. And I'm going to turn it over to Jerome. Jerome, it's your turn. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. We're going to do this one more time. We did have a few technical difficulties, but we are back up. And we're excited to have you guys back for another Tuesday live here, four o'clock with CLCI. Uh, Brooke mentioned we are going to be continuing our process of having themes per month. And this month's theme will be duality. Um, we'll be discussing empathy and apathy, uh, some narcissism and impasse. We're gonna be discussing that with you guys and pretty much going along the lines of detailing why there is no absolutes in this world. Um, which is an absolute, we speak about that a lot, but that is the one, that's the one rule that we break when it comes to the absolutes, that there is no absolute. So which we're makes it an absolute. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you got to break some rules sometimes. Um, so like Brooke mentioned, we're also going to be having, once you guys to stick around because at the end of this video or for today's live, we're going to be talking about uh, a challenge. We'll be issuing another marketing challenge to you guys. We'll be giving out some really cool prizes as well. We're going to brief that just a bit at the end of today's live. Tomorrow, we'll go into more description about it. So you guys will also want to be ready for that. Um, I will go ahead and pass it over to Lisa now she, so she can introduce herself and then we'll get started. Welcome, everyone. Thank you again for watching, uh, liking, sharing, and making amazing comments that contribute to our path of coaching. So when we are talking about the polarities, the yin and the yang, <clears throat> we can't do life without having that concept, right? It's still going to have uh, a benefit for one side, even on to the opposite side of that. Yin and yang play a part in our world. We can't live without that duality. Yeah. Well, I think we can. We well, okay, that's true. I agree with you completely. Like, I think we are remiss to um, dismiss the other sides of ourselves, which we often want to do. We often want to deny the parts of us that we don't like. It's the it's Freud the shadow, right? It's um, uh, we the, we don't identify with the parts that we don't like about ourselves. But the, what's funny is we often identify with with them in other people because when we see them in other people 
that is in fact us seeing them in ourselves in many ways. And so um, that's a little bit of what we'll be talking about. But but there's a lot of schools of thought that that will say if you embrace that other side of yourself, and I, that doesn't mean like, you know, celebrate always yelling and screaming and being angry or something. It means just just start to explore that the parts of yourself you don't like you you start to accept those parts of yourself and become a whole human being um well it's accepting it and then finding alternative ways so if you're um pointing out somebody else's anger issues where have you had anger issues you can reflect that question back to yourself and in those places where you've had anger issues that you were more what's the word not uncontrollable but lack of um, neutrality, I guess, would be if you're on the other side, right? Yin and yang, if you're on the other side of that, the idea is where can you improve? What can you do different? What can you recognize in yourself that you just saw in someone else? Um, and that's so that I mean, that's sort of what we'll be talking about all month is that yin and yang that that those black and white moments those those uh, categorizing we as people do in general, we we tend to categorize people why because we want to know what we're going to expect in each situation. But that doesn't mean that you can always expect those things. Um, in, in fact, I quite enjoy when something unexpected happened. Life, life would be boring if it weren't. Um, um, so, uh, real quick before we, I mean, do, let's talk about empathy and and what empathy is and how empathy is really very critical in coaching. I mean, if you're a coach, that's a that is definitely I would say one of the cornerstones of coaching, without a doubt. Um, who wants to define empathy? <laughs> Well, I think empathy is really just um, to, to put another definition to it would be uh, being mindful, um, being aware of not only how you're feeling, but how the person across from you or the people around you are feeling. Um, and to take that with grace. And I think part of it is to move with that understanding um, to, to let it be um, kind of a guide as to how you express yourself when you are interacting with other people. I think of empathy more in um, how I can neutralize myself and hear and accept what someone else That's interesting. is saying um, where I don't have to put my judgment on them in the process of discovery, I guess you could say. In, in my world, like, because for me, I've always thought empathy, I, the definition of sympathy is, um, is that you can, you, you can see what somebody else is feeling, essentially. For me, empathy has always been that I have, I, I, I know what that feeling is like, I understand that feeling, because I too have felt that feeling. And so I can empathize with that person and where they are, what they're, where they're coming from, their experience. It may not be that I have a complete understanding because everybody's experience is individual, but that, that I have some personal experience with their life experience or their emotion. And I am able to therefore relate or identify with them as a result of that. Not, not so much relate or identify, but be able to um, have a space of hearing what they're saying. When we get into that identification concept, that's more the sympathy side of things. The sympathy uh, where you 
okay so one of my stories is i had a friend that got murdered many years ago and i needed to be in a place where everybody else was feeling exactly how i was feeling that's sympathy right somebody who would have been in empathy is not in that place necessarily in the same emotion that i'm in but they are able to hear what i'm experiencing and be right there and hold space for me it's holding yeah that's the holding space aspect and then the, the holding space and then then validation as well uh, a lot of times comes with that yeah. and that's the whole building trust um but now when we speak about empaths when somebody calls themselves or identifies as an empath um how do you guys identify uh, define empath because we've all I mean just in defining empathy we have three different definitions so yeah I'm curious <laughs> I, think, I think my definition of empathy was more so along the lines of what an empath is um and kind of how they work within the world uh i tend to get empathy and sympathy confused um and they are not to be confused because again that sympathy is the expression of your empathy while empathy is being there again, like we mentioned, holding space and understanding rather than um, the reactive part of it, which I think is what defines an empath is someone who has the ability to, to react, has the ability to hold that space. Um, those two things I think really define what an empath is. Um, by the way, hi, Letitia Walker and hi, Deborah Mack Rankins. Uh, Letitia Walker says it's relating empath empathy. For me, I, again, empath, and it, it, sometimes empath, being an empath can walk the line of spooky woo-woo, as we call it, right? Um, uh, it, it's, to my understanding and my belief, if you're an empath, you're somebody who can feel the energy in a room, feel the emotion, feel, feel basically sense to some degree um, what is going on and you're capable of feeling. So sometimes empaths will talk about being overwhelmed with emotion or being a room having a lot of energy where there's a lot of emotion. They cannot um, think clearly or function in that space because there's so much energetic emotion going on that they have to go and clear clear their energy and walk out of the room and sort of clear their heads. Um, to my understanding, that that is what, what an empath often is. Lisa? I'm going to take it to a different little story that I picked up from another class that I was in um, learning myself, a um, little more sciencey. Mm -hmm. And they were able to measure, and I don't know what the measureometer <laughs> is called, but they're able to measure the energetic uh, exchange. Mm -hmm. So there was a young Neurocardiology, by the way, that's like neurocardi. I love it because that's, I mean, that is why our hearts sync up. That's why when we're sleeping, our heart rates will sync up. It's why there's so many things that it's because of the, the energetic field our heart puts out essentially. And it's amazing. Sorry. <laughs> so they were even taking it with an animal. Um, sorry, the phone. I think all three of our phones start ringing at the same time. <laughs> to a dog, it was the, the young man's dog as it is uh, himself. And they were measuring the energy exchange, that heart energy that you're just speaking about uh, between the animal and the human and that exchange and how far apart that force field, I'm going to call it force field, but it's not what they call it, but it was about six feet away that they could have and measure that energy exchange. Now, just think if we are in a room full of people who are highly charged 
even um i don't know if you guys remember i don't know what year it was probably 15 years ago maybe 20 years ago we had in la that um riot well, I was just going to say that's not, it's more than just energy though, because what we cannot deny is we as humans, we excrete pheromones. We excrete, I mean, stuff that we don't even realize. This is something I know I've studied fear my entire life. I used to scare people for a living and then I went to a very scared individual. And because of that, I have have a huge fascination with fear and I've studied fear and fear is contagious. Why? Because if you get a group of people in a room, one of them is afraid, they will start to excrete a hormone that, or a pheromone and that then the next person smells. And on on a animalistic level, their fear levels will heighten and you multiple that multiple, 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 everybody starts to re react in this fear state. And it's kind of, it's, it's fascinating. So but we take, we take that person who is highly sensitive to outside influences and that's that empath that can feel and maybe not understand why they're feeling things, or maybe they have educated themselves and they do understand why the bottom line is, is you have to understand who you are, what you're doing as a sensitive person and recognize what's yours and what is not yours. So, and well, that's not, I, I want to say when you say sensitive, I don't mean like sensitive, like not all empaths are weepy crying all the time. Oh, or I don't mean sensitive kind of, like that. It's no, not that kind of sensitive um, because I, I, I consider myself uh, very empathetic in that regard, but I'm also like we were talking about earlier, I'm an um, audio digital, as they say. So I see the world in patterns and rules and I expect everything to sort of follow a certain pattern, you know, A plus B equals C people, if people, this happens this happens this person will react this way of course there are outliers of course things are don't always go as planned i love that partly. <laughs> um but because of my able my ability to detach in 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 just sort of look at things analytically um uh i often sometimes can appear colder I mean, to those who know me, I'm not cold though at all. I, um, I can be cold and abrasive, and, um, but, but I'm not. And once you get to know me, in fact, I'm a very emotional person. Um, I have uh, the full gamut of emotion. <laughs> um, but uh, so it's not fair when we say, use the word sensitive, there's a lot of baggage there. It's sensitive to, to, to energy and others. It's not that you're a sensitive, you know, weeping delicate flower kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah not, that's not the sensitivity that I was speaking about. It's a sensitive that you have a an See, I'm sensitive to that word. So that's why I'm <laughs> um, sorry. I was just Lisa, go ahead. I'm I'm stuck oh, okay. at the moment, so go for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but but so that's again a very categorizing right so it's one of those things i've what's one something that's coming through here for me in all of this is you notice we keep defining things and the nuances of definition and word and how how for each person a word can have a completely different meaning and um give a reaction in a whole different way and that's is very just something that's that i'm noticing in this this exchange at the moment um so when we're speaking about empaths, we're talking about people who are sensitive to the emotion, emotions of others. The other end of the spectrum would be, uh, we don't call them apaths, but <laughs> uh, folks who can uh, appear apathetic, who uh, may be apathetic. Uh, and that would, the ones that genuinely are would fall in the spectrum of, you know, I'm just going to use terms that are thrown around often, but but I don't think they necessarily define everybody. But like narcissists, sociopaths, um, uh, psychopaths, things like that. 
they're, they tend to be apathetic, um, but that doesn't mean that everybody who is apathetic is one of those things. Uh, I want to be very clear about that. We can all have apathetic moments um, and empathetic moments for that matter, right? Um, so, so what's your definition of apathetic? Um, you talking to me or Jerome? Either one. <laughs> the apathy a lot of the times can look like Oh, like you were already mentioning, it is the lack of attachment, uh, lack of care, concern, um, when oftentimes the opposite is true. Not when we're talking about psychology and, and, and those terminologies that you were mentioning, but in general life, sometimes we have to step back and not be attached to things so that we can have a different outlook different way maybe we have to survive maybe there's things that we had to survive and get through and not um, have the emotions that we had to go to the opposite where we don't have the emotions that helped us get through a moment as a coach to some degree you have to have you have to be simultaneously empathetic <laughs> yeah. and empathetic because yeah. you cannot get emotional in that you i mean you've got to keep it together so that you can hold space and be strong for your client if they're in a and that's not to say that you may not be feeling what they are feeling or or uh, empathizing with their present situation but you as a coach should should have a degree of apathy right i mean that's that's emotional intelligence well, um, well it's empathy it's that empathy where you know and recognize your defined being and their defined being and there's not that um, overlap well and also you have to let go when they leave the door right you can't yeah be emotionally invested in their outcomes in their life and what they do the work they're doing when they're not in your your space essentially so you have to be have that ability to just let go of that that and not be emotionally attached there's a there was a few times uh, that especially as a newer coach when i was in this uh, that i had trouble with that letting it go i had uh, it was generally around a, well, not generally, it was <laughs> when I was working with military individuals. And for some reason, I would hold a lot of energy around that, that I had to go and use my team. So on my way home, I'm calling my team. I had like five people, depending on what it is I needed in that moment, that I would bounce things off of, not tell them what was going on in session. This was about me at the moment that I was retaining some of that if you will, afterglow of our session. And um, I needed to release that energy uh, for lack of a better term and own what was mine and release what wasn't. So being having that ability to have my own team of coaches is really a benefit. Um, I want to say Regina Zelster Cartman <laughs> says sympathy and empathy is not the same feeling in my opinion. Empathy is a feeling energy that you're able to feel what happened to you, which is why what my, my understanding of what the definition was, uh, feel what happened to you and feel a feeling. If someone else went through 
through that, or you can feel the feeling. Sympathy is reacting to somebody else's emotion. So yes, I agree completely. One is the, the ability to actually feel and, and relate because you felt that before. And, and then they, the, the sympathy is you reacting to somebody else's emotion and having a, sort of a, a selfish moment at that point, really is what sympathy is much more selfish than empathy. And, but empathy, I don't have to have had the experience that you have to be empathetic. Well, you could never have the exact same experience as anybody, right? Um, but you, you, that's not to say you have experienced anger, you have experienced grief, you have experienced, so you have an, an understanding of what those emotions are and how they feel for you as a human being. And therefore you can relate to their, it may not be the, the situation, but their present state of being, right? Right. But, and somebody who is apathetic in the, the sense of uh, psychology where we were speaking about, they're not going to be able to mm -hmm. be empathetic. What they tend to do is copy. <laughs> they, well, yeah, it depends on if, if, if what, because I'm, I'm, I don't want, again, I don't want to put big blankets of, of anything on anything, but, uh, and hi, Cheryl, by the way, hello. She said she has cried with a client before. And right. I think that that happens and that's common. I mean, we're, we're, I mean, that, that happens without a doubt. Um, uh, Lisa, do you want to? Yeah, I'm, I'm a tearful person anyway. And so I'm going to have watery eyes kind of thing, but I'm not going to get into a space where I am an emotional crying moment. <laughs> At that point, you're making, if you, yeah. if you take it that far, you're making it about you at that moment. That's right? where the sympathy comes in. You are me needing from them as much as they're needing from you. And that's not what a coach does. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you, you were saying um, apathetic pe people, they uh, tend to copy or fake or, uh, and yes, that is, I mean, if we're speaking to the full-blown end of, of um, sociopathy, um, uh, I want to mention, though, that sociopathy, it, we can all have those moments, right? We can all appear to be. We can all have moments where we are pushed, people are pushed to that point. Um, uh, there's a number of things that can happen. Um, I, I don't think it's fair to, to uh, in a single moment, judge anybody by a single moment, right? Um, or a single situation. It does not make, it does not a sociopath make um, <laughs> to just have one experience with somebody and say, oh, they're a sociopath. Um, there could be a number of things going on that you're not aware of. And so to, to blanket anybody with that, without, without, it's not our job. job. It's not anybody's job. Really, it's nobody's. Um, uh, and I have a personal experience with, with the genuine article. <laughs> um, and uh, I will say there's no, uh, there's nothing, they're, they're a completely different animal as far as that sounds terrible to say, but they are just a different species. It's just, it, it's a weird rea um, space to be in when you're with somebody who is genuinely sociopathic. So this is a diagnosed Diagnosed, yes, I, I know a diagnosed, or I knew, I no, no longer know, thank God. Um, I, it's a gentleman that was a diagnosed psychopath, yes. Um, and it was no good. <laughs> um, so, and it, it's just a different different kind of, it is like they, he in that way very much was faking it. He was, he was trying to survive and exist in a world that he knew he wasn't like other people. Um, and it is very much true, at least in my experience, it was a means to, I was a means to an end. And when I no longer served that means, uh, I, a lot, I was discarded essentially, but in a, in a very terrible way. So um, that, and that's pretty common, um, is that, that, that 
because they lack the ability to empathize, they, they don't connect with people the way we do. So they connect with what their wants are and that's what guides them. And that is- Well, their they own. don't even sympathize either. So no. neither empathy or sympathy is not part yeah. of their natural being. Yeah, and, and it's it's interesting because if you look at them, at least again, this is in my experience, they, on some level, as an empath, I, I, I'm like, well, uh, so yeah, I'm just going to share. <laughs> I was attacked a few years ago. I was almost killed. And it was by a gentleman that I knew uh, for over the course of three months. Uh, and then he, at the end of it all, attacked me. And I had, it was a whole thing, um, two-year trial, the whole gamut. Um, and what's interesting is uh, the process that they take you through. And I was, it was, um, they love bombing in the beginning. So they do this whole thing and then they isolate. And it was, it, once I'd read about it afterwards, it was like, wow. <laughs> um, but what's weird is looking back at it, looking back at everything that went on um, and seeing the, that process, that, that what he was doing, I had to realize, okay, wait, I didn't know what was real and what wasn't, what was a lie and what wasn't a lie. What was, and I just had to let go of that, which was just terrifying. Like that's weird. And, and the, the way he's navigating the world is he's just, he was just trying to survive at the end of the day. Right. And, and um, in his crazy way, which is not at all relatable. There was a period where I was wondering if, if that was where everybody was going. Like, if, is this a natural evolutionary process that we all just become, um, at some point we all become sociopaths, but no, it wouldn't, we wouldn't survive. We'd all kill each other, I think, at the end. So, because nobody would have any heart or feeling. And, and that's why empathy is so important, right? Empathy is critical. And as a coach, that's the place we operate from is in that empathy place so that that person is not feeling judged so that person is not feeling like someone's going to tell them what to do a lot of those um a lot of people that come even to the coaching class to begin with they they think this is uh, a free reign to now they can be certified to tell people what to do no. <laughs> and that their advice um is the way and that but that's not empathy right no, mm -mm. but I would do want to talk about an interesting phenomenon, uh, and that is the, the phenomenon of empathy, empaths and narcissists and them being drawn to one another and them relating to one another. This is sort of an inescapable, it, it just is that there is an empath-narcissist um, connection, and that's the two ends of the spectrum because the narcissist is uh, apathetic in theory. Um, and uh, what's interesting is having been the empath <laughs> um, in that, is uh, I have to look back and again, I have to say there were, it was honestly me being a little narcissistic that, that got me into that situation because I ignored red flags. I thought I would be different. I thought I would be special. I thought I would be, and that's my ego right there. That's me being ego, egotistical in that moment. And um, thinking that, that somehow I would be able to navigate I would be different. I would, this wasn't, you know, this was the exception. This is, you know, and so mind you, I was already pretty deep in there. Um, but uh, at that point, but that is, those are those, like, I can change it. I can, that is an, a moment of narcissism. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we say empaths, you can be a narcissist at the same time. And it's that ego that I can change. I think too, in many ways, if we are um, as empaths, sometimes we can be assumptive as well. 
um, and assume we know what people are feeling or what's going on. And um, we may not at the, always until we get the whole picture. So again, that's a coaching thing. You don't want to assume you know the answers, um, even though if you are empathetic, because you, you may not. <laughs> it's kind of like somebody trying to tell me who I am and what I am kind of irritates me because it's like, who are you? Yeah, don't put me in a box. Don't put yeah. me in a box. <laughs> um, but that's, but if, if as empaths, we are walking around telling people how and what they are feeling, that's a very uh, kind of a narcissistic moment. Very ego-centered. Ego-driven, yeah. That's where the distinction of sympathy and empathy becomes really important, I think. Um, again, especially as a coach. How so? Uh, well, again, <laughs> if you are someone who you consider yourself as an empath, um, you want to feel that. You want to understand uh, exactly how that person is feeling. But for you to go and, again, start putting labels on things, which could could be described as being, you know, sympathetic. Um, oh, you know, I've been there. I'm so sorry to hear that that happened. Well, especially in the coaching realm, you maybe necessarily haven't been there. You know, again, we, we spoke about how not everyone goes through the same exact, even if you've been, if you've gone through that uh, feeling before, you've had an instance where you've had that feeling overcome you, you never really know exactly what's going on. So yeah, and you, you honestly, we can't know what what that person's feeling fully either, because just because we have experienced a similar situation does not mean that we process the same way somebody else processes. Uh, I know. So one of the things in when um, I'm in an emotional space, I mean, it's, a lot of times I have no idea what I'm feeling. I don't know why I feel what I'm feeling. I just know that I don't feel right. And I just don't know. I, and it's not until I get out of that mm -hmm. emotional whirlwind space that I can actually sit back and start to identify, okay, this is what I was feeling. This is why I was feeling it. And I think this is common amongst empath, empathetic people is that when, because we're feeling, we aren't thinking. It's really hard for that feeling takes over and the thinking arrests at that point. And then, so you have to get out of the feeling space so you can get back to a thinking space and, and then you're able to sort of connect the dots. But when it's, it's another reason why you, you as if you're empathetic or you're in a highly charged emotional situation, if you can't handle it, you should, you gotta, you gotta exit and, and get out and get yourself back to level ground. That's that emotional intelligence, being able to identify when you are, are starting to get into that oh no, this is me getting emotional space. Um, as a coach, how do you manage that? What if, if something triggers you? If, because uh, not all coaches, I mean, coaches, we have had life experience. So some coaches have had trauma coaches. So how do, how do coaches manage that in the moment? Uh, say a client comes in and it's just, you're like, <gasps> do we have any tips for that? So there's a few times that, uh, again, in the beginning, when I was learning this journey of coaching and learning that separation of me as a coach and them as their experience, for me, what I took, because I'm a, I'm, I like to write. So for me, writing it down, I, I would use the margin because I would take notes, brief notes. I would write it in the margin just to release that and I would be done with it. But that's what years and years of training have allowed me to do is to trust that process. Um, 
other people, they have touchstones, if you will. They'll have um, uh, something in their hands, something, a bracelet that they're wearing. I have a bracelet, too. <laughs> you know, maybe they have a stone, an actual stone. Maybe there's a picture or a point of view picture that they look to that they find that um, fresh breath moment where they release that energy. Sometimes they just breathe. Sometimes you just really have to get up and shake it off and go out to the bathroom, right? So you want to be aware of what your needs are as well, because that you don't want to have it be interrupting in the client's experience. So uh, Lisa and I are in a class, it's called um, Positive Intelligence, or I, 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 it's, a, it's a program, I guess you could say. And um, one of the things that they, we do is PQ reps, these little things where it's very simple. It's, it's just shifting your focus from the, the emotion, the negative emotion to something that is otherwise kind of a, a neutral you would say. So like you just, instead of thinking about the motion, you really focus on the way you, your fingers feel and you rub them together. And that's, it's that you're, you're redirecting energy to um, something that is neutral and that is not an emotionally charged thing. And, and it, it, it's actually hugely beneficial. So simple. Um, it's about, you can do them with ones with your eyes open. That's the feeling one you can do that. You can listen, listen to the furthest thing away and listen to it. And it's just about changing that, getting out of that energetic of, of whatever that negative energetic is or that, that feeling is and changing the course of the energy, changing the path of that, that energy to something that is uh, either neutral or, or um, positive. Honestly, I, Pika, uh, Lisa, <laughs> um, which is, I, I changed my life. And that is about the same thing, is redirecting energy um, that, that exists already, so. It's, uh, to, it's being able to see in the moment that that's not the direction and then change that course of action. Yeah. I think this is a really interesting space where we're kind of coming full circle where apathy um, in this space could be beneficial uh -huh. where you don't necessarily have to attach yourself to the emotion of it all. And it becomes beneficial, especially again, in this space of coaching where you can continue to do your job as requested. And yeah, that's that letting that go, that not being emotionally, not being emotionally invested. Um, yeah. Uh, creating the space for somebody else to feel and, and understanding and, and allowing vulnerability and, and creating val and validating and all of that, but simultaneously not having their emotional issues become your emotional issues. <laughs> um, and that's where that degree of that's that balance. If you, you know, the, apathy is not always a bad thing. <laughs> um, right. And, and from there, oftentimes people will think that they have to help this person. I have to fix this. Or, you know, they'll get into solution and not solution from the client, but solution from the coach perspective, which is not coaching. Right. So it's not about us fixing somebody they're not broken first of all it's about understanding that that space that we're holding for our client if you will we're that empty vessel we're the empty vase right and they put the flowers in or the whatever your analogy might be that works for you but we are not filling them up they're filling us up with their information and their sharing and where they want to go with I want to, but th that's very clear though that they're, they, and it's, it's not that they're not filling us up in that 
regardless of like their emotions are filling up. So they're, yeah. it's that we are, we're, what we're doing is being curious and gleaning knowledge. We're trying to learn as much as we can about our client, not so we can tell them what to do, but so that we can, we can ask questions to, so that they can open up their world a bit. Right. And, and know more of themselves and know more about themselves. It's about pulling that information that they forgot they knew. I like that a lot. Um, uh, Leticia Walker says, I like the approach of also showing your or sh showing you are vulnerable or your vulnerability. It can help breaking the ice. You can also say, I can't imagine how you felt in the moment. It will give the other person a space to be open without also putting an emotion in their mouth, right? Because you're saying, I can't imagine how you would feel. You've not given them, whereas some people might say, I imagine you felt X, Y, or Z, but that's putting they're that's telling them how they felt even inadvertently and so that's a good way to not tell them uh how they're feeling and just to sort of uh open the floor for them to share while while connecting with them uh, uh, good tip <laughs> um uh do you have any other uh, i'm curious on that note any uh any questions that you use or any anything tools that you use when a client is in a very emotional space um silence is golden it's to be very present with them in that moment. You know when you checked out versus when you're present. It's to be very present with them in that moment. They know that you're sitting there and you're with them as they've gotten into that space. You don't need to do anything. There'll be a moment, the more practice that you have, you recognize that moment when it's ready um, for it to be disrupted. Uh, if you will, um, but sit there, be calm. They'll let you know what they were thinking, what they were going through. And, or if you start recognizing that place where you can now, uh, I'm using that word loosely. I don't mean literally disrupt what they're experiencing. It's kind of a disrupt because now you're going in and asking them to share what's going on in that moment, what that experience was. Where did they feel hi, that experience? I want to say hi to Francesca Corelli. Hi, Francesca. <laughs> um, and she she wrote uh, silent. It's, I mean, that's it, honestly, it's one of the most powerful tools in a coach's tool. Empathy belt. and the ability to be silent. Mm -hmm. yeah. And curiosity, I would say as well. <laughs> um, uh, one of the things we were in, in all of this is um, what if I am coaching somebody that appears to be narcissistic or, or might be? I mean, we can't diagnose, we never could, but, but let's say that there's somebody that, I mean, in, in honestly, I guess it only becomes relevant if it's relevant or, or if it's, if it, if they're doing something that makes, that goes past your boundary, uh, whatever boundaries those may be. But for me, if, as long as they're operating above board and I, it, it, to me, if they're lacking in empathy and I mean, uh, that's okay, but maybe it's a situation in which they don't need it, or maybe it's a situation in which they're seeking to find it. And then who knows? Um, but uh, what do you think, Lisa? Yeah, I'm not going to get into just deciding who they are, or who they're not. They're coming in for a reason or that's what we're going to focus on, on and find ways that they can um, accomplish whatever direction they're trying to move towards. Sure. Yeah. I'm not going to worry about their psychology. <laughs> Is there uh, so uh, unless unless we yeah. have to worry about it, right? <laughs> I'm not going to refer them to the therapist or 
in that direction. Is there, has there ever been anybody you wouldn't coach? Nope. Nope. You've got no, okay. No, I pretty much, there's, well, there was this one, um, one person who, it's not that I wouldn't coach them, but they weren't in a place that they could be coached because it's not what they needed at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I diagnosed, no, I didn't diagnose this, but the they needed a person who practices, a psychiatrist that practiced psychology. Yeah. Because as I'm now judging this, they could see, and this is being facetious, they could see the monsters under the bed, they could see what they ate for dinner and they can smell their breath. That's all of the things that that person was experiencing is not coachable. It's why yeah. I had to be aware and refer out. It, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And that's that. That's that's the you know being very clear about knowing the difference between coaching and and the other um, support, I guess professions you could call them. Um, uh, and uh, agree. For me, on a business level, there have been clients I have fired. So. <laughs> Um, but that's just because we do not get a, I just, it's more, uh, just, well, I've had it be because the clients they're, they're too difficult. Uh, I've had a client that was kind of narcissistic and I just was not going to put up with it anymore. I was done because they were, they were pushing the boundaries, my boundaries, my personal, um, boundaries that I have set in my business and, and it was just no longer feasible for us to work together period. Um, and then, uh, that, that, in that case, absolutely severed ties done um uh and then there well, have been like that there's there's possible times where it's effective and where it's not effective and when it's not effective then then another direction could be and or yeah. even just space sometimes it's just space that they need to go and experience and do and practice what that's exactly what i was gonna say about. the other end of the spectrum is i've had very clients who are very 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 green in their business, like very, very just starting out. And I didn't feel comfortable uh, accepting even their money at that point. I was like, no, you need to go out and you need to get some more experience under your belt before I can be successful working with you at this point. And and right now I think that, that it just wouldn't be, it just, the timing wasn't right. And it's not that I would never work with that person again. It's just that what I, the off, what I offer was not what they needed at that point. And it's, I mean, so same with you. It's the same with coaches, people who have had, uh, trauma, things of these na nature, you know, mental disorders, all of this, they, it's not that they can never be coached. They, they can only go to a psychologist or psychiatrist for the rest of their life. They have to be in a place that they're, they're able to be coached. And so that's not to say that you can't work with them later down the road. It's just that in that moment, they have a, another issue that needs working on first before they can get to that coaching. And, and sometimes that, that is absolutely true, that there's other issues that take precedence over what we're doing. In other moments, it can happen at the same time, meaning they can be coached as they are doing the other um, therapies or direction that's helping them in a different way. Uh, Letizia Walker says she probably couldn't uh, coach a known child offender. And yeah, I, yeah, I don't think you're alone there. I mean, yeah, it would be. I mean, that's. I think any uh, criminal activity uh, going on is is going to be something that that I would not want to coach. Quite honestly, somebody asked me one time because I said that in class. I go, oh, this is you know, just know myself. I couldn't work with this culture, 
And they go, well, how would you know? I go, I don't know how I would know, but if I did know, I would have to refer out. Yeah, well, I just wouldn't want, I just don't want to be I would judge above them. the law. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, but I mean, that's not to say that they still are and that, I mean, if, I, I uh, yeah, no, I just prefer, it's personal preference. It's, just, it's judging <laughs> and I don't want to judge somebody no matter what, that's somebody else's direction to help with, not mine. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's honestly, but, and there is somebody that will coach. Any, I mean, sure. there's somebody out there for everybody. I promise you, both in, in dating and in the coaching world. <laughs> and when I said that, somebody else said, that is a culture that I do work with. Yeah. And I See? went, wonderful. Everyone needs support. And that's so, I mean, again, another reason as a coach, it's a great idea to network, to know your fellow coaches, to find out what your fellow coaches niches are and save their numbers and uh, never, never lose a contact. So we only have a few minutes left. The last few minutes, oh, let's get lighter. We're going to talk about some challenge, a challenge that, that is starting, starting tomorrow. What time uh, tomorrow? Three o'clock, since everything's threes in this challenge. <laughs> so on three, three, starting tomorrow, um, we are, we'll, we'll be issuing various things you can do within this challenge. Um, the, the overall caveat being hashtag CLCI live and um, uh, you will be entered into a drawing to win some awesome prizes, which I will share. I'm really cool. I'm so excited. So uh, Jerome, do you, do you want to share a little bit and then I can give the prizes? Do we want to just give the prizes? No, no, you're going to share the prizes tomorrow. Hold it a secret. It's oh, okay. no, no, no. Well, Oh, God, that's hard. That's hard to do. Okay. Yeah. Fine. We won't share the prizes till tomorrow. So tomorrow we're going to tell you what the prizes are, but they're awesome. They're amazing. And we have to thank some people when we announce them because it's big news. Um, and uh, what we are challenging you guys to do is to get out of your comfort zone, uh, to, to market yourselves, to go live, <laughs> um, to Jerome, what else? <laughs> um really just again like rick mentioned to get uncomfortable um and to help yourself uh especially you know a lot of uh, coaches we work with have the entrepreneurial mindset and we just understand the fact of the matter is if you're not out there showing yourself to the world um you're really not helping yourself actually quite the contrary you're hurting yourself so we really want everyone um especially the new coaches that come out of our classes who have the confidence and we know that they have the confidence to be a coach and maybe aren't necessarily 100% aligned with the business marketing end of the spectrum. Um, we want you to be somewhat comfortable to have a team to do it, have a team getting uncomfortable doing it because we're exactly. gonna be doing so you guys. One of the things well. we want you to do in this challenge is to call other coaches out. And, and have them join you. So so do a, do a live and and then challenge somebody else in in your that you know that is a coach to do do the same thing. Um, we're going to be doing a lot. What we're going to do over the next three weeks is we're going to so the challenge will be three weeks long. Um, we're going to be releasing a bunch of how-to videos for you guys. So that's another thing. You can you can do a live and ask ask for a how-to video, and uh, we will do our best to supply um, you that how-to. Um, just so you know, we've already put a post up in our alumni group and some of the how-tos that we are going to be doing over the course of the next three weeks. Um, we're going to be doing some stuff on niche work for sure. Um, uh, how, to, how to create a successful video and video content 
sort of thing. Um, we're going to be doing a how to get your contract together. We're going to sort of go through uh, the contract and go through refund policy and all of that good stuff. And, and um, of course, none of this is legal, but we yeah. <laughs> it's not illegal lawyers, either. <laughs> lawyer, lawyers, but we're going to go through how to set up, you know, how you're going to set up your refund policy or cancellation policy, the different ways you can do that. Uh, we'll have a pricing how to um, just all kinds of how to marketing things, um, how to, all of these things. And we're going to um, do it for everything we're going to use is will be a free platform that we use, um, maybe apart from one. <laughs> uh, so that that way you guys can do that and practice with us at home. Um, and that's, it's exciting. So that'll be over the course of the next uh, three weeks. And we'll be live tomorrow at three like I just that I committed us to it. Let's do three thirty-three. I'm just kidding. We'll At three, and that's that's specific standard time. I know somebody asked if it was specific. That's specific standard time, Leticia. Um, and awesome prizes are going to be be coming and going throughout this. So think of what you're going to do for the the three three twenty-one, which is funny because that equals three challenge. <laughs> also think about yourself as your new favorite product. Right? What's your favorite product now? You know, you might have a favorite pair of shoes or a drink that you like to have or whatever that is that now you're it. You're the new favorite. Not what? only that, mm -hmm. but the theme is how to. So how can you help? What can you teach somebody else to do? How can you help a fellow coach and, and make that your video, make that your center and then challenge them to do the same and let's pay it forward. Let's pay it forward. How, what knowledge do you have that you can share with other coaches that and other people that will be beneficial. Um, that's what the challenge is. Get online, share your knowledge, guys. Share your knowledge. <laughs> wisdom and, among us. Yeah, and we don't. I, I don't really want to put it in a box either. When we say how to, it doesn't have to be just what we mentioned: marketing and business. Whatever you know how to do, you can go ahead and post yeah. about something that you do and how if to do it. How, how to how to be an empath how to manage a, you know a, a, a emotionally charged situation when you're an empath um, how how to I mean it could be anything how how to smile on camera <laughs> um, uh, anything how to create a challenge um, so it, it, it can be it doesn't only have to be a how-to either but we just want you what we want you to do is to push yourself out of the comfort zone mostly we want you to share your knowledge and pay it forward and challenge other people so that they can get in on the action so for for so you know we'll lay this out a little more at about the the details tomorrow um but there'll be drawings for different things you'll get entered in for a drawing for the prizes based on what you do so if you share it if you challenge somebody there'll be a certain amount of entries and um if you create a video a certain amount and so that way uh we can track this and everybody can have an awesome shot of winning our awesome prizes which we're going to share tomorrow <laughs> which i can't even thank our sponsors yet but we'll thank them tomorrow <laughs> so amazing um, uh, so thank you guys out there for watching and, uh, tomorrow we'll see you at three o'clock. Bye. Uh, check out certified life coach Institute. We certify life coaches in three days. Share like, raise, like, and <laughs> comment. comment, comment, all of the above. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you. Thank you. Hey everyone. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Once again, this is brought to you by certified life coach Institute. We're an ICF accredited school 
who certifies our life coaches in three-day online intensive courses. In addition to other podcast episodes, feel free to check us out every Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time on YouTube or Facebook for our CLCI Lives, where we get together and discuss various topics that are centered around sharpening your skills so you can become a better certified life coach. For more information, feel free to visit us at certifiedlifecoachinstitute.com. Until next time, be well.